In May 2011, two high school friends and self-identifying film buffs saw the movie Thor together in theaters. These men promptly went their separate ways and mysteriously didn't communicate for a decade. Today, still obsessed with movies, they reunite as podcasters of fortune with a mission to tackle the movies and debates they missed out on for 10 years. On this podcast, there are always... Catching Up. And without further ado, it's time for the latest episode of Catching Up with Aaron Daniel. And we have a lot to catch up with. I'm yes. Dan Fadden. Yes, an absolute insane amount. Hey guys, how are you doing? I'm sorry for the delay. This is definitely on me, not on Daniel. But real life in the holidays, as most of you know, can be a little bit time consuming and a little hectic. But uh, we're, we're together kind of not in person for the first time so but, but you could see our faces yes together yes, for the first is, time this is gonna be a new thing so progress this will be the best production value episode so far so things on the agenda for the today's episode uh we have a little movie from 2011 called capitals and aliens to talk about um which i i watched two two weeks ago now so <laughs> now, now i'm working off vague memories again um and then we have Spider-Man, No Way Home, and No Time to Die, the two biggest movies of the year, easily. Is it? Um, so is, is No Time to Die? I, I thought Venom might be up there. Uh, no, 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 yeah, no, no Time to Die, I'm pretty sure, okay. was number one. And Spider-Man's going to, to pass it. Gotcha. Um, maybe not before the end of the year, I don't know. But anyway, um, so... Okay, yeah, let, let's get in the time machine first. Let's get yes, in the story right. and, and, and go, go back to 2011, but also the 19th century. I'm down. Let's go. Wait, okay. so wait, are we just going to Back Back to the Future 3? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, Back to the Future Part 3, yeah. <laughs> All right, so Aaron, we, we have stepped out of our time machine. It is July 29th, 2011. Uh, here's some entertainment headlines for uh, th this period. Uh, it was announced this week that Star Trek II had been pushed back from its original release date of June 29th, 2012. Uh, it would eventually come out, I believe, in 2013 and would be called Star Trek in the Darkness. Uh, but anyway, uh, the, the movie that Paramount put in Star Trek's place instead was G.I. Joe 2. Uh, and it got a name change, which I don't think this name change worked in its favor. Um, it went from being called G.I. Joe Strikes Back to G.I. Joe... Not, <laughs> whoops. Uh, G.I. Joe Cobra Strikes. Cobra Strikes to G.I. Okay. Joe Retaliation. I, I was very curious when you said that. I mean, like, are they just leaning right into the Star Wars? But I, I had no idea that it had a different name. Yeah, neither did I. And I, I, I mean, like, Cobra's, like, the, the other G.I. Joe thing. I, I don't get why you wouldn't want that in your title. Um, I, I really don't think that they knew exactly what they were trying to do. And if G.I. Joe 2 does deserve a name, I think it's that The Rock can't save all franchises. G.I. <laughs> Joe, The Rock can't save all franchises. So, Well, that, that was before he was the movies, movie star, movie star. It, it was right before. I, had he done a Fast and the Furious movie at that point? Um, I think he had just 
Gen 5? Like, just came off it. Okay. It was right in that same... I also know that this is, like, right before Channing Tatum blew up as well. But they had to do research to include him. Well, I mean, they killed more material in the first, like, five minutes of the movie. Yeah, but they they went to the effort to include him more because he was in the process of... uh, I think this this was post-21 Jump Street, I believe. He had 21 Jump Street and Magic Mike all hit. It was 2012 when all that hit? I think so. Okay. Um, so, yeah, like, so th- this would have came out in 2012. So, yeah, th- this, this was part of him blowing up. But, yeah, I, I do remember the headlines of, yeah, reshoots to include more of Channing Tatum, who just gets killed off. <laughs> so... <laughs> um, another headline from that week. Uh, Brian Cranston was announced as having pulled out of the movie Gangster Squad uh, due to a scheduling conflict with a little movie called Argo. Uh, Argo would, I think it was a good choice. Argo went on to win Best Picture. So. Man, I just, it's crazy looking at that cast for Gangster Squad. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know we've talked about it briefly on one episode before, but they also had that that trailer that they had to pull where everybody got shot in the movie theater. Oh, wow. I forgot about that. They had that trailer going and then that ended up getting pulled after Dark Knight Rises incident. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. I, that's, yeah, that's definitely that random things that I, I remember about bad movies. So, but yeah, the, the cast, the, the director uh, who, who directed Zombieland, he's like, Oh yeah, this is going to be, this is surefire. Josh Brolin, Emma Stone. Brian Gosling. Sean Penn. Yeah. And then it's just like, I can't tell you a thing about it. It's That's that's a lead in to this film. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got my, yes, exactly. Okay. I got, what, I got one more. News All right. <laughs> uh, it was reported that Rawson Thurber, uh, writer-director of Dodgeball, uh, had been hired to do a rewrite of an adaptation of the Umbrella, Umbrella Academy. Uh, that, that, his version never saw the light of day. No. Uh, it, instead of, it became a Netflix TV show that I believe is getting a third season? I believe so. I have only watched the first, so. But Mr. Mr. Thurber, uh, he, he has gone on to write and direct Central Intelligence with The Rock and Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Uh, and uh, Red Notice with The Rock and everyone else. So, okay. So, we did not get Umbrella Academy from him, but we got. So, what you're saying is, is that he peaked with Dodgeball. I've never seen Dodgeball, so I'm going to take your word for it. What? <laughs> Man, when did. Okay, so Dodgeball had come up at this point, so it can't be a catching up episode. But okay. uh, watch Dodgeball. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So. But yes, uh, on the subject of movies that have all of the creative and acting talent that should make for a good movie, plus just an, an incredible um, concept, uh, a movie called Cowboys and Aliens that came out July 29th, 2011, just like rat- rattling off who all is involved in this movie. It's directed by Jon Favreau, who has just come off of doing the first two Iron Man movies, which are huge. Uh, the 2010 is when Iron Man 2 came out. 
on the you got a lot of people in the writing department on this. There's there's like five people on the screenplay. You got like Damon Lindelof, who who you know is just coming off of Lost. Which as soon regarded- as I as soon as I saw Damon Lindelof's name, like you know at the beginning of the credits, I was just all I could think about was that this movie immediately you could toss a coin whether or not it's going to be good or not. <laughs> you got a 50-50 yeah. chance with that guy. But still, so. like, but still, like, he he's just come off Lost, which regardless of your opinions on that show, that was the show of the 2000s, like, far away. Um, you, you got Alex Kurtzman and Roberto Orki, uh, who combined with Damon Lindelof, did the first Star Trek movie, which was huge at the time. Um so you, you got creative wise a lot of the people who were driving the buzz or in the the genre department at that time i can't i'm 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 horrible at this i cannot remember her name but the the casting director of this film is the casting director for all of the mcu films really yes so I, I cannot I cannot remember her name, but watching it with Catherine, she pointed that out to me. And I thought that was very interesting, considering the cast that we have in this movie. Well, like, again, like, uh, yeah, you got Daniel Craig, who is, the at the time, the new James Bond. He's had two Bond movies by this point. Uh, you got Harrison Ford, who is arguably, you know, the biggest actor, you know, ever. Um not, like can you maybe I mean, <laughs> for, like... for us for, uh with the, with this genre you know there's that bit in fanboys where you know harrison ford's the greatest actor ever <laughs> it's like he's never made a bad movie you know it's indiana jones he's han solo yeah. he's decker but and, and then I, you... I love i love harrison ford yeah. so i yeah. mean and, and then then you... just just the premise of this movie alone Mm-hmm. I'm just like you know you know what you're getting into and I feel like this movie completely delivers on that concept <laughs> but it is such a popcorn movie yeah where I I saw it one time I remember enjoying it uh when you told me that it was on um Peacock you know yeah. we watched it and just seeing the score that it has like it's got like a 40 percent uh critic score and or whatever else and audience score as well and that just blows my mind because i mean this is a perfectly like passable fun movie it's not anything that i'm necessarily gonna be like i need to go watch this again <laughs> i mean i haven't watched it in 10 years but yeah. i just i don't understand the 40 percent rating that it has well it's the i don't think it's a 40 percent movie but the the reaction you had to super eight or was like oh, I, I just kind of watched it and it didn't really stick with me yeah. I had that reaction with this. Oh, that's, I mean, that's completely acceptable because it's definitely one of those movies. I mean, it's its not a bad way to spend two hours, but um, it's just, you know, you, you get what, <laughs> you get what the title says. I mean, that's, that's all this movie is. And this, this is based off of like a very obscure comic book mm-hmm. um, that I've never read. Have you? Which the movie is a hundred times better than the comic book, by the okay. way. So okay, so you have read it. Yes, the the one thing, um, because I know with with the Super Eight episode, I it was very difficult to have that that conversation with you <laughs> and I because I was kind of checked out. Um, 
I just want to say that there were a lot of actors in this movie that I forgot were in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I forgot uh, Sam Rockwell was in this movie, which makes sense because, like you said, he's coming off of Iron Man 2, working with Farvaro. Um, I'm drawing a blank on his name. He plays Harrison Ford's son. He's about to be the Riddler. Yeah. Yeah. And he, yeah. um, um, Paul Dano. Yes. I forgot he was in this movie. Yeah. Um, And and a year later, he'd be in Looper. So he, yes. he, 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 so he, he was having a moment. Uh, Olivia Wilde was having a moment. The, yeah. the, fe- the this, female lead. Was this before Tron hit? No, Tr- Tron was 2010. Okay, so this was after. Gotcha. Yeah, so, so, so th- this, this was her peak, really, when it came to, to, to movies. She, she had okay. Tron one year, and then Cowboys and Aliens the next. So, like, there was so much going for this. There was so much going for this movie. Ron Howard is a, is a producer. Yes. Ron Howard. Spielberg. Spielberg's an executive producer on this as well. Is he? Okay, I, yes. I, I, I missed that. Um, so but isn't, but, is this... Uh, one, and one more thing that I want to say. The, the first initial scene where we see the aliens come in and they're wrecking the town. Yeah. I, I looked over at Catherine and I just said, it's so nice to see like a set and actual explosions. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious... I was like, this was actually you know, filmed this, a lot of this stuff actually happened. It wasn't all just CGI. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I honestly think that scene's the best one in the movie. I'd agree. Like that, that's, that's it's terrifying. It's well shot. There's tension. Um, I, I think one of the best things about the movie is like the sound of the, the alien fighters, whatever you want yeah. to call them. I, I really thought the sound design on that was really good. Um, uh, but that's, that's re- yeah uh but i think i think i think it's really interesting that this this came out the same summer as super eight then they're two very similar genre com, com- combining movies mm-hmm. um it, like you, you're you're watching cowboys and aliens and it, this could just be a western there's a plot here that that could just be a normal western and then the aliens come the crashing aliens show up. the aliens show up um <laughs> I, I will say this, since we're talking about, you know, a genre film and then an alien shows up, like you really enjoyed Super 8. Yeah. Where it sounds like we're both fairly indifferent to Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah. But I think the best genre film where an alien shows up has to be Predator. Okay. I've only, seen start- that, I've only seen that once. Okay, the original starts off like you're just prototypical... 80s action film mm-hmm. you know you've got carl weathers you've got jesse ventura you've got arnold schwarzenegger they're wrecking shop in the jungle then an alien shows up and you know <laughs> then you have your movie but with cowboys and aliens um i also enjoyed the set piece um with the ship turned over i thought that was doesn't see how how forgettable this movie is for Daniel is like he's having to think about this and it's like really the first time that we actually get to see the alien is in this um oh. the alien reminded me of it was, it was bothering me I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't place it at the time but it looked like the face I, I'm sure you haven't seen this movie but the bugs in the mist like that's all I could think of. I was like where like where have I seen the, the design of that first alien that you see seriously looks like one of those and then there's all those overhead shots as well 
where Daniel Craig's looking up at the alien, and all I could think about was uh, Cloverfield. Mm. Okay. That that shot when you know the aliens there. They, but, they look like they just they look like crabs to me. Yeah, like, that, that, yeah that's, that's, that's pretty much what they are. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's a very it's a very forgettable movie, and it's why you know ten years later people really aren't talking about it, but they're still talking about you know other things that came out ten yeah. years ago, and I. Is this also the my thing? My main thing with it is like a movie called Cowboys and Aliens should inherently be fun, and through pretty much this whole movie, I'm just I was waiting for to feel the sense of I'm having fun watching this, and that never that never really came. That that makes sense. I mean, what the only. I don't know. It, it's it's a little too serious, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't necessarily lean into how absurd it is. It kind of sticks with that that western trope. It's playing it straight. Of, it's playing it straight, yes. which I I get I get why you want to do that. But at some point you need to you need to lampshade what's happening. <laughs> like, I, I like I like that they call the aliens demons. I like that because I I they wouldn't, the word, they wouldn't know. Did the term aliens even exist at that point? I, I'm not sure. So, Did, And then on the production side, is this is this the movie that broke Farvaro for a little while? You, you, you asked this last time we talked. Um, okay. Pro- probably. I mean, he... he, he Between, he I, know, I know Iron Man 2 didn't necessarily go the way that he wanted it to. Yeah. And then this. And it wasn't like... Wasn't Chef one of his next films? Yeah, it came out a couple a couple of years later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, but it, it's just yeah. There's there, there's never it, yeah. It just wasn't fun, and I think when you got a cast like this, the premise you got, it just never elevated itself. Okay. It's now with this, dark. The, this the, was the, this was another conver- this was another conversation that I had was we had this amazing cast and just very talented actors. And then you have this movie and it's very paint by numbers. And you know that they're elevating the material because of who they are and how talented they are. Yeah. And we think it's so forgettable. Could you imagine this with just like a normal cast? Like where it's not like all of these these names of people that we revere. And like just how much- Like like, if it had a, if it had, if it had just a normal B-list, C-list cast, I probably wouldn't see it. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but hey, this this movie uh, has to- Toby Huss, who plays the drunk guy who, who's about to take a dump in the the yes. creek or whatever, and then he gets blown up, which that was, that, that was legitimately funny. That whole moment, the, that was he's great. The, he's the dad in Halloween. The 2018 Halloween film. He's already from Adventures of Pete and Pete. Wow. Really? Yes. Okay, I did not know that. That's amazing. So. Well, I did, well, did you ever watch Halt and Catch Fire? No. On AMC with um. Well, you you should watch that. I think you'd really like it. Um. What year did it come out? Because we might have to for the show. <laughs> uh, it came out. Um, I believe the first season was when I was in grad school, which is 014. So okay. uh, it was, it was Speaking on your first seasons real quick. I do. I, that, that just brought up a note. Um, 
So we're going to be talking about season one of Game of Thrones eventually on this show. But before that, we're doing season one of Person of Interest. Have you started yes. Person of Interest yet? Yes, but okay. there are two beats in this movie that are like directly from the first season of Game of Thrones. Okay. So Daenerys, you know, uh, Emily Clark's character, spoiler alert for Daniel, I'm sorry. Um, at the end of the um, first season, she goes into uh, a fire and comes out of it. Okay. And so that happens with Olivia Wilde. And then at the end with the, uh, like the main scarred alien, that's the other thing. There's not like a big, like bad to this. There's not like a, a face that you can put with it. Well, that, that, that's kind of an issue that was kind of plagued that era. Like, you know, a year later you get Avengers and then you have the Chinchari, but it's just- you But you know, had Loki. But you had Loki. Yeah, but you had Loki. I mean, but the, the disposable army is a thing, but I mean, there wasn't your, your main antagonist. It was just like, it's this group. And I, I don't know if that I was the reason I didn't necessarily care. I mean, it works in Independence Day, but not necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, I guess you could kind of point to the, the disfigured one that Daniel Craig's character. Yes. But I think, I think his death character. getting, you know, taken out by the melted gold. <laughs> it's another big death in the first season of Game of Thrones. Really? So I think that this is funny. Yes. Okay. So I think that this is funny that this movie comes out just a couple months before we get that first season of Game of Thrones. Okay. And that, that was another, you know, I'm getting ready. I'm taking notes for this. Okay. And like that, that popped into my head. So uh, another small role in this, Abigail Spencer plays Daniel Craig's wife just love interest I, they never really state the whore or, or that um yes. uh i love abigail spencer uh what else is she in is she from lost no did, did you see uh did you watch timeless on nbc no oh t t this, uh, i don't watch network television <laughs> this was the best net one of the be better network television shows two seasons a time travel adventure comedy um it, starring matt lanter who's the voice of anakin skywalker on the clone wars okay um, there's one more there's one more person that i forgot was in this uh, walter goggins oh yeah yeah i forgot he was in this movie and i yeah. absolutely love him so this is this is one of those movies where like oh wow that person that person yeah huh right this, like right before you know they took up like i don't know when justified came on because i know that was like his big thing i like even even with that, I feel like he's just a great character actor. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's necessarily had that like I'm a I'm a main leading guy. But every time I see him, I absolutely am entertained. And I know that we've been crapping on this movie, you know, talking about, but it's not bad. <laughs> it's just <laughs> I mean, like there are worse ways to spend two hours. And uh, as far as like a lot of the movies that we've discussed for 2011, I feel this is like one of the ones that I would put higher as far as like on the rewatch scale. Okay. But there's not a lot of movies from 2011 that I'm just like, I'm going to watch this again. So. <laughs> um, just like Super 8, uh, people are kidnapped by the aliens and it's never really said why. Like, yeah, that's, that's, another, that's, another, that's another problem with it. Like, okay, there's all these people that hooked up the machines. 
are they experimenting? What are they doing? You know, training them for resources. Um, it's just, it's never. Yeah, I mean, I, and I don't ex- like. I don't expect these Western characters to be able to rise up to the level that the aliens are operating on technologically, and them to be able to figure it out. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's never really explained. Uh, the Native American characters just kind of like arrive, like just show up after the first one, like or second battle sequence, and then they're just part of it. Um, of course, you, like I, I mean, need to. Re- it's got to be cowboys and aliens, or cowboys and Indians versus aliens. Yeah, but like they showed up in a way that where I had to rewind it multiple times to like wait. Were they there the entire time? They kidnapped them, man. They just showed they up. took them in. So it was like they were just there. And then the Olivia Wilde dies and gets thrown in the fire. So. Yes. It's a good thing that they threw her in the fire, too. Otherwise, she wouldn't be back. So just have to move this, you know, the plot forward. It's a movie. It doesn't so, have to make like, sense. I'm pretty sure, like, the events of this movie, like, take place in, like, a week? Maybe? I don't know. Why'd they kill the cows? Killed, uh, I don't even remember killing the cows. You were just talking about that scene. I, I was? Yes. Killing the... He's in, he's in the river. He's getting ready to take a dump. Oh, well, I, I wasn't talking about... I was just talking... Yeah, but like, um, why? Why'd they just blow up all the cows? <laughs> I don't know. Why are, they, why are they kidnapping people? Why are they blowing up livestock? I guess it's just an alien trope you know you go watch mars attacks the movie starts with them setting eight cows on fire well I, I think it's like this takes place in a very short amount of time dale craig's character is obviously affected by abigail spencer's character and then she dies he finds out that she dies but flash forward a couple days and he's macking on olivia wilde's character so, well, i mean like dude she she's dead man nothing's gonna bring her back Olivia Wilde looks nice. Oh, um, this was this was another thing. So on the catching up thing, I'm finally watching Community. Finally? Oh wow. Okay. I'm finally watching Community, and there's the debate episode where the guy's in the wheelchair and he's losing to the lead. He's losing to Jeff Winger. Yeah. Like, is man good? Is man evil? Yeah. He throws it, and he throws himself off off of his chair. He's flying through the air and. Jeff catches him. He's like, he hates me, but he caught me. The man is good. And then Allison Bree kisses him and he drops him. It's like he is horny, so he dropped him. Man is evil. And that is exactly what happens with uh Daniel Craig's uh his weapon, his alien weapon. He can't take it off, but as soon as, you know, yeah. Olivia Wilde kisses him, he drops it. And that's all I could think about, too. It's like, man is horny, so he drops it. Man is evil. So... That's good. That's I, I'd forgotten about that moment, so I'm glad you... Yeah, that was... that. Yeah, that was hilarious. So, like, yeah, like, there's, like, only, like, four or five, like, funny moments in that, and that's one of them. There's... Um, one thing I, th- I think I did notice um, was when the alien ship is launching and they blow it up. Yeah, it, so- it sounds kind of like the Slave One Sonic bombs from Attack of the Clones. A li- little bit, a little bit. Um, which again, 
goes back into Star Wars, where I think this movie was the training ground for John Favreau to setting up Mandalorian ten years later. Oh, I I wouldn't say that at all. I if if anything, it was just like him realizing that studio interference is horrible. <laughs> how he doesn't want to deal with it. Well, I'm talking about and... the western westernness of it. Oh, that's what I'm talking about because the Mandalorian is very much a western. And this is this, this, it, this, it this is. this was this was him getting that experience. I guess so, but with that, I just think it's well. Also, with we were talking about how there's not a lot of funny moments in this. Him realizing that there has to be a, a break in the seriousness, which thankfully is a thing that happens in the Mandalorian fairly often. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, g- give me, give me. What is your grade for Cowboys and Aliens? Ten years. C minus. C minus. Yeah, it's definitely not a. It's definitely not a failing grade like Rotten Tomatoes has it at. But mm-hmm. um, maybe in another ten years, I'll visit this movie again because I haven't seen this movie since the movie theater. Yeah. Like, what about you? I, I, I'm actually going to be more generous than you. I'll, I'll get. I'll just give it a straight C. Okay. Um, so. Which you know, like I, we haven't really talked about Daniel Craig at all because like he's actually I think he's made for this role. He he's got that natural rugged look. He he, he the silent man with no name kind of thing. I, I would watch I would watch a straight Daniel Craig western film. Yeah. Oh, so what what do you think just about the overall character arcs? Because like there's clear beginning and ends to these arcs, but I don't think the ends are earned but specifically with harrison ford's character like at the beginning he he's a guy who's willing to almost tear toby huss's character in two with horses uh over to get information about think about his son and at the like he's like like a western mob boss at this point i don't well, know no, he's, not, he's not a we- he's not a western mob boss he's just a cow wrangler he's got a dumbass kid yeah and so it's and then it's one of those situations too where you don't i mean that's your livelihood that just went away. It's this guy that's, you know, never worked for you before. You have to kind of set a message. I mean, at, at that point in time, you know, there's, it's that Western trope. You're living off your reputation and you can't have people doing that to you. So I feel like that makes sense. Him. Well, I get the sense that he was like a kingpin type character. That, that's what I, I think. I think you're, I think you're leaning a little too far into that. I don't, I don't think he had any, uh, like, nefarious roots by any means okay and the reason that he's going after um daniel craig is because daniel craig robbed the the coach that his money was on okay it's not not any of those things where it's just like it's dirty money or like he's he's doing it straight but he's also you know has obviously is a rich and powerful man at that point so and by by the end of the movie he's like co-sheriff that's kind of what it felt like, or mayor? I, it, well, I mean, like, he was, he, I mean, they say it at the time that the sheriff wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for him, so, like, he's the one who, they said it was supposed to be a mining town, they're pretty much, like, living off the, the cattle thing, and he's obviously, like, the head honcho of the area, but now that the, you know, the gold's coming in, I don't know, the, <laughs> the bit with the, the adopted son, was was a, a bit much for me 
I'm just like, oh, mm. yeah, here's that, here's that tired trope. It's like, but. Then you have Sam Rockwell going from, uh, th- this movie should have an alternate title. It's like Sam Rockwell's No Good, Dirty, Rotten Day. Like no- nothing good happens to Sam Rockwell. He gets the kill shot, man. He gets the <laughs> one kill shot. So <laughs> you think like, and you think he'd be funnier as well. Yeah. This? yeah. And this might be the most like serious role that I've seen him in. Oh, there's Moon. Um, so yeah, like I'm so used to him, yeah, being the lighthearted character. So th- this was a departure from it. You ever seen The Green Mile? Not all the way through, no. I didn't know he was in that. So yeah. Three billboards? Yes, I did see that. Okay. So I forgot he was in it. <laughs> so. Then he won the Academy Award for that, didn't he? Yeah. And then he won it for Vice. Because, okay. because he played George Bush, which I would not have given him the award for that. Uh, did you see so, it? Vice? Yeah. Yeah. Um, before, I guess, yeah, before we move on from uh, uh, Cowboys and Aliens, I'm gonna, so this might be the, the, the best thing that came out of uh, Cowboys and Aliens. So this, this is when at, at Comic-Con the year before, for, the, for Cowboys and Aliens, Hall H, where they brought out Harrison Ford for his first ever appearance at Comic-Con. And no panel at Comic-Con would be complete. It's his first time here. Make him feel welcome. Harrison Ford. first appearance at comic-con in the handcuffs where i don't know if you remember this was earlier that day in 2010 at comic-con there was a stabbing accident 
in 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 Hall H between two people over a dispute over a seat in Hall H. Um, Have you ever been to Comic Con? No, I haven't. So Hall H is insane. Yeah, insane. Like the I went in twenty nineteen. The lines for that thing absolutely insane. They pay people to wait in line Mm. the whole day so that they can get there. So people put out like Craigslist ads to be like, hey, I will pay you money. You stay here the entire time. And then yeah. But but I was there was when they announced Top Gun, they had the Top Gun Maverick trailer. Yeah. And then uh, Terminator Dark Fate was the other one. So but yeah. But yeah, there was a stabbing accident. The person who did the stabbing got arrested. So to play off that, when Harrison they brought out Harrison Ford, they had him in handcuffs <laughs> to play it. Good but stuff. No, he, Harrison Ford, he, he's always had this, you know, um, he's he has a distance from the adoration that people like us have for him. Um, but I you'll see, like you see in that video where he's really taken aback by the love and support people are giving him in, in that hall. And he, well, he's, he, he's at a loss for words and it's kind of moving. I'm, you know, for him, I'm sure it's also a lot like Alec Guinness was with, with Star Wars, mm-hmm. where you have this portfolio of work that you're really, you know, proud of and these other parts and roles that you've done. But everything that you've done, everybody just wants to talk about Star Wars or yeah. Indiana Jones. Because I mean, like, if we're, if I, I would imagine that he would rather talk about Blade Runner, if we're going to be talking about any of his sci fi work, <laughs> than he would, you know, talking about playing Indiana Jones or, yeah. So, but he, like, but, he's, but, he, but he's been to Comic Con multiple times since then for like Ender's Game, also Blade Runner, the sequel. Uh, but, but that was the first time. And yeah, it, it's, he, he's generally like taken aback by, the reception he gets and it's really it's re- really a special moment i think that's actually the most important thing that came out of cowboys and aliens was that that moment for harrison ford 